Hey folks, just a quick little note before we begin the show. Um, this episode and the next few were recorded uh, before uh, the tragedy with Daphne. Um, so we uh, apologize for that and we will properly talk about Daphne on our next actual recording. Thank you. to the next episode of Shimmer Her Story, a women's athletes retrospective podcast. I am your host, Stacey. I'm here with Stephen Graham, my co-host, and we're here today to talk about Shimmer Volume 15. Uh, this took place at the Eagles Club in Berlin, Illinois, in Chicagoland on 13th of October, 2007, the first of two tapings that day. And how are you today, Stephen? I am very good, and... I'm prepared to have a very focused and stay on topic um, podcast. I, I am not going to derail the conversation and I'm going to keep very professional and be on my best behavior. Okay. Well now I'm, I'm more unnerved than ever. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but I'll try. Yeah. I'm trying to be a good podcaster. For once. You are a good podcaster. Well, thank you, Stacy. That's very nice of you to say. I just cue you up to let you talk, and you do all the magic, and then I wait, and then I try to think of something else to get you to talk more, and then I I, I fade out again. That's my that's my role here. <laughs> it's a very interesting interpretation of what's going on here. But... <laughs> You're the talent, and I'm the like setup person. That's the way I see it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, you may have to speak to someone about that, Stephen. Because <laughs> anyway, yeah. hi guys, we are back to talk about Shimmer, allegedly. <laughs> Which will never um, go off the rails and will only be focused on Shimmer. Um, so that lasted about three seconds, as it turns out. Uh, it did. So this is good. We're going good. Um, I think, but we're back I think at the Eagle's we, Nest. Uh, the Eagle's we're Club. back in the, yes, the Eagle's Nest, so to speak. Yeah, I got ECW thoughts yeah. there. They are... Um, uh, they snazzed up the um, the building a little bit since last time, I think because there's now like a video screen uh, at the entranceway oh, that yeah. plays like sort of video. That. Yeah, I only noticed in the beginning um, when they started coming out, and I was like, ooh. So like bit by bit, they're slowly like upgrading the venue and looking a little bit fancier um, as we go along. But that's the only difference. We're back at the back in Bowen on the home on yeah, the home ground after we had a little vacation out. Uh... Um, well, I guess it's out east, um, but they're, I don't know, Chicago's, I guess, Midwest. I don't know. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> I, was, I said I'm trying to stay on topic because I actually have the Leafs hockey game on, um, and I'm trying not to be um, sidetracked. Um, so <laughs> that's just basically, it was like a an inner cue, um, but they just showed some fun clips. So I did get sidetracked, and that's unacceptable. So... We got on, Dave Prezak and Allison Danger back on commentary. Hello. Shocking. Yes. Which is good. I mean, they're a good duo. Um, before we get into the show, there are a few things I wanted to say uh, about, um, like, this taping. Uh, this is the first of, of two shows they taped on the 13th of October, 2007. And just for context, 
for sort of this time in uh, in American women's wrestling, like because oh, gosh. Uh, what our, shitty thing no, did they make way. Lita do no, on no, TV? In a, in a good way. <laughs> okay. In a good way this time, because uh, in October of '07, uh, our Shimmer alumna Beth Phoenix um, just won the women's title. Oh, sweet. Uh, at No Mercy. So she's sort of getting her big push in WWE. And also, uh, Amazing Kong debuted on Impact literally two days before this show. Oh. And she was part of the gauntlet uh, to crown the first ever TNA Knockouts champion at Bound for Glory uh, just a few weeks after this, I think. Um uh, along with Roxy Laveau, our old friend Nikki Rocks <laughs> was also in that, um, and Gail Kim was the first uh, Knockouts champion. And I think, and it's like it's interesting to note because between this taping and the next, uh, which is you know a few months later, um, Kong and Gail Kim have that like amazing series of matches for the Knockouts title that like, like honestly, like completely changes the landscape of, of women's wrestling in America, because suddenly you have TNA establishing their women's division, like practically overnight. Yeah. I mean, they first found a champion in October and you have Kong and Gail Kim having these matches by like, you know, December, January, February, like, and after a few months, they're literally a division that, that rivals, you know, the WWE women's division, which was particularly strong at that point because you had Beth and Mickey and Melina all kind of doing work at this time. So it, yeah, like the landscape is changing. And I mean, even the shimmer landscape is changing because we have new debuts on this card that we'll get to when we get to. Not only uh, yeah. new debuts, um, something I noticed is um, they seem to be now that they have a main champion, it seemed like a lot of this weekend was let's um set the set sights on figuring out our tag division. Yeah, like this this show was sort of a bit tag heavier than normal. Um you know, and I think you're right. I think that's probably the next thing that they see is you know, the next step forward is to have a tag team division, which thank God, because I mean Lacey of Rain have just been standing around for <laughs> <laughs> You know, two years now, uh, yeah. <laughs> just waiting for it. So it's yeah, it's a step in the right direction, for sure. Are you ready to get on to the show? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so match number one, we have our number one favorite opening wrestler, Amber O'Neill, uh, taking on the Jezebel Eden Black, and um, Eden Black actually picks up the victory at. Um, I'm going to say according to Cage Match um, because. Um, that's where I'm getting the times from, so I don't know if they're accurate, but we'll, we'll say they are. Uh, at 9.43. Um, what did you think of this one? Well, I think, like you said, I think Amber O'Neill is basically the the miss opening match of Shimmer. Um, <laughs> she seems to always be in it, uh, which I think, like, that's her spot, you know? Like, you know, that's her spot. Um, I think this was fine. It was basically just the you know the standard prefab shimmer opening match that we all know and love um but like there like there are a couple things about it i think once they hit later in the match once they hit like a big double clothesline knockdown it actually kind of like picks up and changes the gear and i thought everything after that was really good because like amber and neil did like a nice 
backslide where like she tried to kind of flip over with it yeah. as well and everyone was basically upside down and it looked really cool <laughs> um, as a as a pin attempt and and then Eden Black ate this face buster. Oh yeah. That Amber O'Neill hits just ate it completely like so badly like I thought that was the finish. Like yeah. that that got me because she she really took that so well and then um and then Eden Black uh, gets the triangle on Amber gets to the ropes, but then just back in the triangle and then, and then gets the win with what she calls the triangle, the garden of Eden. Yeah. Uh, not, not the other name that I'm sick of mentioning. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think like for most of this, this is the standard, uh, opening match. Um, but like I said, I think the last few minutes really picked up and made it like, made it sort of worth watching, I guess. Um, I think it's, it's funny the first thing I thought of when, when this started, because, I mean, Amber came out first to, uh, you know, Material Girl, and I was yeah. bopping along to that song. And I was just thinking about the number of wrestlers in Shimmer that aren't quite – like, you know the saying, like, out kicking your coverage? I don't know. I think I it's an American thing. I don't know that saying, no. Like, like punching above your weight, basically. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, you know, and – is that like um Australian football reference? No, it's an American reference. I think the Americans listening, if they like football, will understand that reference. Um, okay. Basically, just yeah, like punching above your weight, in if that makes sense. Um, yeah, and it just it makes me think of like all the wrestlers in Shimmer that aren't out wrestling their theme music. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do have some great theme music in uh, Shimmer. That's what I mean, and I think it's. That's more me loving the music more than me trying to, uh, you know, disrespect any wrestlers. Because, I mean, Amber and Dale is fine. She does her thing. And she is sort of very good for this spot. But I also, like, you know, I don't know that she's out wrestling material girl. So it's, um, oh, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on that. But I think... Oh, I, I want to bring this up on every match because um, there's some people with some great themes in music. But there's some great wrestlers, too. So I, I'm curious what you... Uh, if they out, out wrestle their theme music, I, I, I like this phrase and I'm yeah, very intrigued well, by this. We're going to have to keep an eye on this. And I think the only other thing I noticed about this match was, um, they somehow called Eden black indie riffic three times in the first 30 seconds of it. I wrote down my first note on the match was indie riffic body slam by Eden black. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting into it. Too. Yeah. They like, they love this nickname and they're getting it over. And also, um, Danger called Amber O'Neill Shimmer Barbie, which I really like too. <laughs> that's like, cool. that's a great nickname. They should run with that. So, what's cool, yeah. I, I think too, here, Amber, um, she, she, she's, you know, she's doing that heel thing. She's, she's getting heat, unlike a lot of people, um, on the roster. And she's kind of that more, um, you know, more character than in ring work. Um, but she definitely brings it and she, she has these moments of like pure viciousness with like, she'll, um, she'll just like pull on the nose during a submission or, uh, she'll toss someone in, into the, uh, just like put on a vicious leg submission around the neck. Like she just does these little vicious things in the middle of the matchup also being like, um, Shimmer Barbie. It, it's very fascinating to watch. I, I, I like, Oh, I like um a good percentage of what Amber O'Neill does. I'll say that like that. Yeah, totally. And I think 
it goes back to, I think Danger is the one that said this in the beginning of, of when we started watching Shimmer, that, like, Amber O'Neill can wrestle. She's a good wrestler, but she just prefers to, like, strut around and act like a Barbie and, like, and act like that. So it's, like, it's a way of, like, putting her over saying, like, she has talent, and obviously that's why they're booking her. You know, she has talent, she's a good wrestler, but she just chooses to act like this, and then it just distracts from her being a good wrestler, you know what I mean? So it really fits in with the fact that, yeah, there are times when she's, like, you know, really getting in there that she can lay some stuff in. And, like, she drilled her with that face bust, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, so, no, exactly, I agree. All right, so uh, our second match, we have um, Portia Perez teaming up with the debuting Nicole uh, Matthews, taking on... They debuting Ashley Lane, uh, Madison Rain, and the returning, and I never thought I would see this, the returning Lorelai Lee, um, where Matthews and Portia Perez win in uh, four minutes and 42 seconds. Um, we had some debuts here, uh, and we had Lorelai Lee return. Did you ever think you'd see that? You know, honestly, I did not. That was, yeah, that was amazing. Um, yeah, this match. Uh on a scale of one to Stephen Graham, how excited were you for the debut of Portia and Nicole Matthews? Uh, I was Stephen Plus. Like, <laughs> it was very exciting. Um, they aren't the Canadian ninjas yet, though, so that that's kind of yes. sad. Um, but they did show they're both very young into their career, so you can kind of see uh, them and um, Madison Rain as well are, 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 are really – they haven't wrestled that long, so um, – they're a little green in this, but uh, they definitely put on a good performance. Uh, but I was wondering, how did Portia Perez wrestle a two-up to her theme for you? <laughs> well, I think she does. Yes. Because um, I, I love her music, but I think Portia is, is one that definitely matches it. Okay. So I can't, can't say anything about that. I'm not sure that whoever's uh, theme music song two is because that's who the baby faces came out to oh song two by so blur. generic <laughs> yeah like but i mean whether that's lorelei or uh ashley lane which is weird to call her that because it's madison rain but we'll call her that in shimmer um i don't know that they necessarily out wrestled song two yet uh but that's obviously because <laughs> yeah like lorelei lee god bless her is still lorelei lee even though she's come back and she's blonde now and <laughs> um, it's, she's still just kind of just a bit awkward, a bit clunky, like even on the hot tag, um, which is where I noticed it. But yeah. And I mean, and yeah, the debut of, of the future Madison rain. Interesting. And because she looked so young, oh so God. tiny, yeah. so very blonde, which she wasn't really in TNA. So, I mean, I took a second when she walked out, I was like, I know that somebody, and then it took me a second, and I was like, oh, it's Madison Rain. So I almost didn't recognize it for a second. Well, for me, um, so in, I don't know what year it is now, years are, time is a concept that I don't understand uh, anymore, but like, I'd say 2017-18, um, when she was in Shimmer and Rise again, um, she was Ashley Lane there. So I was like, oh, Ashley Lane, that's, I guess, her name on the indies. Um, so that was yeah. fascinating. And I think after I recognized her, I like remembered that that, that that was her name, but yeah, for a second I was like, Oh wow. Just cause she looks different to what I'm used to, you know, from seeing her in TNA. So, yeah. but yeah, everybody, that's what struck me. 
more than anything, everybody is so young here. Like it, it was so like pure and innocent, like everyone. Um, Cause they said like Portia Perez, who's, you know, 20 years old and all of, you know, four feet, like is the veteran in this match. <laughs> she's actually, you know, and I looked it up. She's, um, I believe she's younger than Matthews, but she's been wrestling longer. Yeah. Is the way it yeah, works. Yeah, so that's, out. yeah, because they were saying she literally has the most experience of, you know, of anyone, and she's like the tiniest, tiniest one. But yeah, it's, yeah, it was sort of like a little green sort of showcase match for some, some young girls, which, it's but I nice liked it for that. By the, the ninjas. Yeah, I think, like you said, I think you can see the potential of, the heel team of the future ninjas already. Like this was a very short match. It, like it didn't even go five minutes. Um, it was quite abrupt, but yeah, I think you could see the potential in them already. Cause I mean, we've seen Portia long enough to know what she's capable of. And yeah, being able to do all that kind of cheating heel stuff in a tag team like that, that will be a great spot for her. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I'm not sure what else. Um, like it was just, just funny stuff more from the commentary um, during this match, um, short as it was. I had a lot of commentary notes because, like, Prezak brought up the point that they benched, that's the way to use benched Lorelai Lee after <laughs> whatever volume she was on last, uh, basically for sucking. Yeah, You know, she lost a match, you know, she kept losing, and so they just benched her, which, again, goes back to how seriously they take, you know, wins and losses and actually treating it like a real you know, sports, so to speak, and, and winning matters, um, you know, which is nice. I think one day when I find the time, I'm going to, like, catch up on everyone's actual win-loss record in oh, Shimmer. yeah, I should do that. And see if that matches up. Like, I, yeah, that's, that's just something I thought about when he said that. Like, I want to actually see what the records look like and see if they are reflecting, you know, because it, it feels like they are reflected in the booking and, you know, and everything going on, which is nice. Um, I'm going to do that because I love doing shit like that. Um, you love a good spreadsheet. Yeah. I, mean, I love a good, <laughs> I have so many fucking uh, Google sheets uh, created and, and used all the time for everything. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to work on that. It probably won't be for the next podcast. Cause um, I think we're recording that very shortly, but uh, for the next set of tapings, um, I'll have that ready for us. Um, I'm excited by that, by that. Um, and as for the finish, you know, Portia Perez <laughs> goes to the eyes and pulls the trunks, of course, is yeah. what they do. It was like, it was like a triple play because like she, <laughs> she pulled the ref to stop the baby faces from winning, like on yeah. the three count, pulled the ref away and then came in, poked the eyes, pulled the tights on the pin. Like that was like, yeah, the triple threat She's there a of cheating. She's just great. The other, like, yeah, I, there was a past your bedtime chant at Porsche, which was actually quite funny. And then, and then Prezak, like, really, he was, like, really offended by that. And he was like, oh, come on, guys. It's only, like, 4.15. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Okay, so we know how early they start taping <laughs> on these shows, apparently. Well, they and have was, uh, two shows to tape, you know. Well, yeah, so that makes sense. You know, they'd start the first one at, like, 3 o'clock, I guess, and, yeah. and then do two. So, you know, it makes sense. So, yeah, it was yeah, it was pretty pretty quick and quick and abrupt. But, I mean, it did the job, and it, yeah, introduced two new wrestlers to the roster. So, yeah. All right. 
And speaking of introducing new members of the roster, we have the debuting Jetta um, defeating Serena Deeb at 951. Um, I've only seen Jetta the last few years, and she is basically a babyface undercard comedy act, and she's amazing at it. Um, so I wasn't sure what to expect from a, uh, from a, a Jetta, I don't know, like 10 years earlier or so, <laughs> but I was very happy with it. I don't know what your Jetta experience was before this or what you, what was your first impressions? Uh, yeah, well, no, I had never seen Jetta wrestle before this. I'm pretty sure, unless something from the last few years that I like. She's mostly on, uh, but, uh, in, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know, yeah, if I accidentally seen her on something, but I don't remember seeing her. Like, I've always known the name Jetta. Like, I, I, it's sort of weird because I've always been very active on the internet, obviously, with wrestling, but I never really watched much indie wrestling. So I know all of these names, I've heard of them, but this is the first time I'm seeing a lot of them, and Jetta is one of them. So I just, I thought it was, like, amazing. The minute she came out, she was so mad <laughs> everyone and so it's like, like she's another like it almost felt in the beginning it almost felt like kind of cartoony to me that she literally walked out the curtain like <laughs> mid tantrum like she already hates everyone in the crowd. I wrote like, down cartoon is, villain in my notes <laughs> yeah it, it, she really was and I think I think in a sea of cartoony like crowd hating heels because that's what shimmer is like like we have so many heels on the roster that jack with the crowd yell at them hate them you know all this sort of stuff people that have been doing it like literally for 15 shows you know like Lacey and rain and Portia and all these people so i think seeing someone new come out and do that same thing and be so over the top it like literally was kind of like cartoony in a way um but i think but i think i came around when she started fighting uh, the little kid who I want to say is the same little kid that fought Lacey last taping <laughs> in Chicago. Um, she, she got into it with this little kid and he like literally reached out and like pushed her or tried to. And she was like, so offended. And I, I hope you got a lawyer, mate, cause I do. And, she was <laughs> and all this shit. And it was just, so that was funny. And also, uh, my other favorite bit before the match was when um, when she was being introduced and she, she told the ref, oh, no, I've uh, dropped my contact on the floor or whatever she told him to, like, get him to bend down. And then she stood on his back to get introduced. <laughs> <laughs> Which I fucking loved. Yeah, so, I, I liked when she came out, too, and she stood on, like, the first rope instead of, like, climbing all the ropes to raise her arm. And then she's like, what's wrong with you people? You're <laughs> That was great. Um, there was one point there was some USA chants, and she she's tried to start a "Who are you?" chant, but like her accent's so big, the, the Dave and uh, Allison had no idea what she was saying, which was yeah, funny. it was the old "Who are ya?" "Who are ya?" like the you know British chant, but yeah, they were just like, I think she's saying like trying to translate, <laughs> which was great. Uh, and then yeah. her cheating, um, you know, thumbs to the eyes. She did one of my favorite spots where she um, 
<laughs> she put on an arm bar and then she bit the person. So the referee takes a look at it. Then she pulls the hair and then the referee takes a look at that. And then she, she keeps going back and forth between cheating and not cheating and just distracting the ref. It was so much fun. Um, but she did do a lot of good arm work. Um, and Serena is very, very solid. Um, like she's, she's such a great worker to work with because everything looks good. Um, and, I really like the finish where she hit like a stranglehold lung blower into a stranglehold submission for the win. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm all aboard the Jetta train here. This is my, um, Por- Portia Perez part two. Uh, I was very happy with this one. Uh, what did you think of the match after, uh, the early shenanigans? Yeah, well, yeah, the, the, the stickiness just, uh, continued to the match, but I love it. Like that, that's what you talked about. Um, the armbar and then getting the ref to like go back and forth and cheating behind his back every time. Like that shit was so good. It's so, it's so old school and it's like so British. You know what I mean? If she's like such a British worker, like comedy worker putting these spots in. Like I, and I can, now that you've said that, I can totally see how she has transitioned later in life to being like a, a sticky baby face. Worker <laughs> Who because sings also, very badly. And has like a hundred nicknames she gets introduced with before the match. Yeah, like because that's very British too. Like being a babyface, doing all that shtick stuff. Like it's just yeah. So I could see that definitely. And yeah, I really like this because yeah, Jenna brought all her stuff. And Serena Deeb, I just love. Yeah. I love more and more every week. I she wish just... she was in Nikki Rox's spot. Honestly, yes, and it's it's kind of insane that she. That she isn't. That like we just watch this Nikki Rocks push and is then here we are. Is there something with OVW and WWE? Well, I assume because she was pretty much based in OVW like this whole time, and she's just coming in for the tapings. Um, so she was already based in OVW at this point, mm-hmm. and she, yeah, I mean, I I don't know when exactly she gets signed to developmental because I think she was just already in OVW, um, just as a wrestler, um. I don't know when she gets signed up, but I think um, she doesn't join the Straight Edge Society until, I want to say, the new year of 2010. That's when she goes to WWE TV. So I assume we still have some time with her, but, yeah, I think it may be that she was already on under developmental or close to it. Um, July really 1st, uh, 2009, she signs with the WWE. Oh, okay, yeah. So she was in OVW for a good few years, uh, just as an indie worker, until they actually signed her. So that's interesting. But yeah, I, yeah. So it's insane that she's not getting yet yeah, the underdog babyface push because she's so good at it. I just love how she sells literally everything. Yeah. Um, even the eye poke. Like, I, was, <laughs> yeah. I watched that and I was like, oh my god, she's selling that so well. <laughs> like that was my reaction. And she, her chops were so hard. I love them. Yeah. Um. And it's just, everything in this is really old school. Like, even the way that Jetta, like, tried to run into the corner and Serena ducked and then did it again and did it again because, like, doing, you know, like, the three times in a row thing. Like, just knowing, you know, to do that, have that rhythm is so old school. Like, I loved it. And, yeah, and then Jetta, whose finish is basically, like, the a proto-bank statement. Yeah. Let's be honest, Sasha Banks' finisher, because in the beginning in an, on NXT, Sasha Banks did it with, like, the stranglehold. Yeah, that's true. She used to. You know, because that was her original finish, the stranglehold neckbreaker, and then she moved to the bank statement. So the, literally that, like, yeah, 
having a bank statement. So I'm just assuming that's where Sasha <laughs> got it from, Probably. actually. Um, you know, there's a thought. But, yeah, so I think this is a fun little thing. Um, it, it's amazing that I feel like Alice in Danger has somehow developed a new super fast superhero way to get changed because she once again waited until the match was over to yeah. trip off for her next match. So yeah, that was also interesting. Not but next yeah, match no, I... for a promo. Oh yeah. She was up next. Yeah. For a promo. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> but, but yeah. A, so... a promo where Becky Bliss, um, you know, brings out Alice in danger and Alice in danger comes out with the full entrance, the mask and everything. Oh yeah, in her gear. So, like, <laughs> Completely. You know. um, yeah. And my favorite thing about this interview is, is this is basically the interview. I'll, I'll, I'll do the Cole's notes here. Uh, Becky, uh, why are you such a loser? <laughs> Danger. Um, I want the title. Cindy Rogers comes out and attacks her. The referee slides in and a match starts. Is that basically what happened? That's basically what happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, like the Becky sort of tried to interview her, but like. The crowd kept yelling things at Danger, and Danger kept responding to them, like, without the mic, like, just talking to the crowd instead of having an interview. So it took a while for them to get to, you know, the point. And, yeah, like, literally, Danger was just like, I want to move on, I want the title. And Cindy Rogers immediately interrupts this. But Becky called her a loser, though, right? Or did I make that up? No, like, that was – the gist of it. So, okay. yeah, it was an interesting interview strategy, um, <laughs> let's say. But Becky obviously has no fear. Um, the other thing about this segment, before we get into the match that results, um, Danger came out and her music played that I have already expressed my undying love for. Um, and then once she actually, like as the intro, and then once she actually comes through the curtain um, after the intro, her music changes to a new song and I was not entirely ready for that. And I have feelings and it, I like, if she ever completely loses the entrance music that I love, I'm pretty sure I'm going to quit, but that's you know <laughs> another story. It's actually Edit song your copies like, of shimmer so that they keep the old music. Yeah. yeah they're going to have to do something. Going to have to speak to the streaming website and stream shimmer.com. I'm just going to have to, like, record it and play it over her entrances, and then I'll be fine. I'll, I'll deal. I'll manage this somehow. But, yeah, it's actually – it's Fire by Scooter, I assume, which I don't know if it concerns me that I can hear and recognize a Scooter song without without looking. So I've never anyway. heard of Scooter before. Oh, they did the um, – they make, like, dance music, and they did, like, the a cover of the Logical song. I don't know if you know that one. Mm. Um, that was very popular, but I'll, I'll speak to you about this later. Okay. I'm, I'm not proud of this, so we need to move on to the match, which results. Yeah, Cindy came out and just cheap shot at her, attacked her, and suddenly a ref appears, and we have a match. Yeah, very ECW of just, like, this is the second show in a row where it's just like, hey, we're uh, we're going to do an impromptu match out of nowhere. Um which was interesting, but uh, yeah, this match, Alice in Danger defeats Cindy Rogers in a straight-up match at 7.24. Uh, interesting booking, because what, we've had a street fight, a dog collar match, a, a two and a three falls match, and now we're just having a regular match? 
Yeah, um, and also the fact that uh, Cindy Rogers beat the absolute shit out of Danger in the last match, and it was such a definitive blow-off win for the heel that I was just astounded that they went back to this. I I don't actually know why. I don't know if it was just because they wanted to do something final in front of the Chicago crowd. Because That's my theory, Florida too. was in Florida. That's my theory, to just give her, like, a final kind of payoff in front of the Chicago fans. But, like, yeah, like, apart from that, I can't understand it because, yeah, like, they were so done after the last match. And I was done. Like, I had absolutely no interest in seeing this again. Like, it was, like, they went outside and brawled around, like, threw each other into the barricade. Like, Rogers beat her up a little bit. Um, you know, and Danger was selling for most of it again. And then just kind of came back and hit a couple of neck breakers and just won. Yeah. Because um, one of them was, like, the way Prezak called it, because he was like, oh, the old school expulsion move. So, like, I think that was maybe one of Danger's previous finishes. It was uh, Steve uh, Carino used it as a... Oh, it's Carino's... The old school okay. explosion was uh, Carino's finisher for a bit. Right. Well, that makes sense. Because yeah. as we know, they are siblings. Uh, <laughs> so that, that makes sense uh, with that context. But, yeah, but it just, it felt like... It wasn't even, like you said, it went seven minutes. It was a straight match. Danger just kind of won out of nowhere. And it just, there was absolutely no need for this. Um, so I just, I just found it odd. And I, I really need them to see other people <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yeah. Let's, let's move. As Allison Danger said, it's time to move on and yeah. get some titles. Can I just, Yeah. Sorry, I just ruined your sentence there. I was just going to say, I can hear the lawn noise starting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to take and a short break while uh, Stacey's lawn is mowed, and then we'll be right back. And we're back. Stacy, how's your lawn look? It looks nice and beautiful and trim. Thank you for asking. I think I'm now developing like a streak on these shows of of my audio being interrupted by by noise, by background. So I apologize for that, but let's get back into it. Awesome. And we get to get back into it with um our favorite tag team, the Minnesota Home Wrecking Crew, taking on um Ariel and Josie and defeating them in eleven oh three. Um but before that, uh, well, actually, first, we get the heels come out. Well, the heels, the baby faces, the Minnesota Home Wrecking Crew come out, and they, they take a bunch of signs that are against them and hide it under the ring. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, listen. What? I, I need to explain this for everyone, because... They came out, and obviously, you know, like, they're yelling at everyone in the crowd, as per usual, not happy. They're going around the ring, and Lacey, in particular, spots a sign in the crowd. And the sign said, I actually read this sign, it said, Lacey is a disgrace. Like, that's what the sign said. And there was one about rain, too. It's so rude, right? And so Lacey sees it and, like, gets Rain's attention. Like, oh, my God, look at this sign. And then Rain goes to, like, grabs it and wants to rip it up. And Lacey stops her. She's like, no, 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 no. Don't don't rip it up. Keep it. 
and literally like starts whispering and you can like you can't hear her saying this but you can imagine her just saying no no I have an idea keep the sign keep it just keep and so they go back and like take all the signs and Rain just literally goes and starts taking them like people in the crowd (laughs) and then they just hide them under the ring like for obviously some you know future use and it's just like it's amazing like I am Fair I'm going to start a sitcom with Desi Arnaz because I love Lacey, yes. like, so much. She just – because, like, for her to have the presence of mind to, like, not just rip it up, like, you know, rip up the sign like a heel, she's actually like, no, 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 don't rip it up. I have a better idea. <laughs> like, it just – like, the level of, of genius, Yeah, she's just, like, completely – She's a f- and I mean, complete natural. Like, it's, it's insane at this point, but anyway. But before that – uh, before the match, so we we had that. I think the oh. historic first time ever before the match, but after inter- after entrance promo by Alexa Thatcher. Yeah, it was the old uh, you know Nitro. Let's cut to the back and talk to someone more interesting. <laughs> cut away. Who, who's, who's coming okay. out of the limo? So it's Alexa Thatcher doing a promo with Becky Bayless, cutting it on Alicia. Yeah, who is not there? And never so comes I, back! And never comes back. So I don't know if they either just decided to make fun of Alicia on the way out, or if they still expected her to come back at some point. Because they were clearly building this, like, Alexa-Alicia thing, and she they literally were just like, she's not here. She, <laughs> she's, not, she's not around. So, And then so Becky says, so instead you're going to be facing cheerleader Melissa. And I was like, oh, so instead she's just going to die. <laughs> yes. So, you know. Can you imagine? Nice. Like, you, you prepped and you spent, like, weeks <laughs> being like, oh, I'm going to beat the shit out of Alicia. This is going to be fucking great. And then you get there and they're like, no, you're facing cheerleader Melissa instead. <laughs> I would just what leave. A- Fuck that. <laughs> what a rib. It sounds like a rib from the 80s someone did. Like... You know, the guys that left were there to face Vader. Um, yeah, the other thing, before the batch, the other thing was that Ariel and Josie, the babyface team, came out to not Josie's music. I know. Ariel's which music was a so complete good, failure. But, like, Oh, it's great, man, but... They should have done, like, a, a mix of the two. <laughs> like, it just, yeah, it seems like a real missed opportunity to bring Josie out and just not play her music. Like, I don't know what yeah. that's about. But yeah, uh, I know it, that was a weird spot. But um, then we get this match, and we're we're back to the uh, back to tag matches here. Um, <laughs> so it starts off. Ariel's just kind of taking Rain apart. Rain tries to do a nip up, and she can't do it, which cracked me up. Um, so so Josie does some really cool like Canadian backbreaker move, and. Um, yeah, Rain breaks her up and Lacey attacks her from behind. Uh, so, you know, the good old tag work of our favorite tag team. Um, and, and it's just classic tag work. Like, JC, Josie's the face in peril. Rain, like, pulls Ari off the, off the, the apron so she can't make a tag. And, you know, eventually Ariel makes the tag. She's a house of fire. They do a fucking second rope heart attack attempt. <laughs> but... Um, they do the yeah the second row heart attack on Rain, but Lacey uh, makes the save, and then the Minnesota Rackham crew they hit a fucking double team Tamakazi, uh, for the win, and then Lacey carries Rain out on her back 
after nicely kissing her on the back of the head. Um, and it was a, you know, a, a nice match to establish Minnesota home wrecking a little bit more, but just your uh, really fun old school tag match that I rather enjoyed. Yeah, I did too. I enjoyed this. Um, yeah, like you said, a really good tag team match, just the old school heels just going to work, um, which we know and love. Um, yeah, I, a couple of things that I liked. Firstly, was that they were talking on commentary about how Josie, obviously Josie is based in Chicago, as we know, and the Minnesota Home Wrecking Crew, funnily enough, based in Minnesota. And what? so... I know. Um, and so they've all three of them have like worked around the Midwest Indies for a lot of years. That's what they were explaining on commentary. And then Danger like sort of elaborates and says, well, that's why they picked Josie to work over, like because Josie was in the middle of the heat at this point. Um, they're like, that's why they picked Josie to work over because they're familiar with her. They know, you know, know what she can do. They know how to take advantage of her. And I was like, that's just, like I love Danger sometimes when she really like she's really comes clever. out with these really good like color comments and like explanations and like, you know, and rationales for everything, like in a really realistic way. Like I really love that kind of stuff. So that was one that I noticed. Um, it just, and yeah, so this is just really good stuff. The one thing I, I laughed at was um, they get to the, they're coming up to the hot tag and they do a bit where rain goes to drop an elbow and Josie rolls out of the way and she sort of rolls towards her corner. Yeah. And then rain, tries another elbow, misses, Josie rolls to the corner, and Josie, like, rolls all the way to the corner by the end of this. And then instead of just reaching up and hitting the hot tag, she, like, stands up and tries to do a move instead. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> you, like, she had to, like, get up and go back to the middle of the ring to do this move. And I was like, oh, like, so today, even though it was Say La Vie, I don't know that Josie is, uh, is out wrestling her theme music today. <laughs> Josie was not. Um... Let alone Miss New Booty, but God bless her. Um, and, yeah, and the hot tag, because the whole entire match, I was anticipating the aerial hot tag. Because I love Ariel's offense, and she's so stiff. Yeah. And so Ariel hot tags and, like, immediately runs in and, like, literally murders Rain completely out of the camera shot. <laughs> like, which was a great visual. Like, Rain was on the apron, and she just blasts her, and she goes, like, sailing out of shot. And we never see, you know, never see her again. Um, but it it bugs me that they cut off her hot tag so quickly. Like, she didn't really get a chance to, like, go on offense because Lacey cut her off, like, immediately after with the lung blower. And then they did um, the the baby faces did do the heart attack, like you said, and then and then we get the finish. But I think all I wanted from this match was like a longer hot tag and to Ariel to get more offense at the end. And then I would have been like, yeah, this was really really good. Um, but as it was, I think it just finished kind of abruptly. But it was it was for the heels, I think, just like a showcase win for them more than anything. So um, yeah, so yeah, it was a good tag team match. So, yeah, and I thought it was sweet that Lacey kissed Raid and then carried her out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were very sweet today. They were. Each other. Yeah, they were. And like, yeah, they helped each other out with the signs. Yeah. Very nice teamwork. And then the Josie waited around for Ariel to, like, to come to and then, like, walked out with her. And, like, this took so long and they showed all of it that, like, I was just waiting for Josie to turn heel. <laughs> like, I've been brainwashed by WWE for so long that, like, yeah. I was just waiting for the heel turn at that moment. But, you know, no. I think it's – I think they're trying to make Ariel and Josie a team because 
like I think the tag titles come um, like eight months after this or something. Um, yeah, and like you said in the beginning, I think they are trying to establish more and more teams, and this seems to be one of them. So, yeah, but I don't mind them actually. No, no, no it's like you know, uh, Josie's super popular. Um, Ariel is super talented, um, and, and Josie's solid enough. Like, and, and they have yeah. a, they have some they have some good little moves. Like, they could develop into something for sure. Yeah, it's a good dynamic where, like, Josie is over with the crowd so she can just sell and sell and then tag Ariel and then Ariel, like, hits all her shit, you know, and goes wild. So I think it actually is a good um, – there's potential there. Okay. Um, next we have a Daphne Mischief promo, which I think might be the worst thing we've ever seen on Shimmer. Without a doubt. Oh, my God. So – Fucking Daphne's bringing up the fucking dinosaurs again because the experience is old. Um, and she's just so fucking grating. And I, I I just couldn't listen to this promo. It was just bad. Do you have any notes on it or can we move on? Oh, it was garbage. Uh, Daphne is literally the most annoying person on earth. And I just, I can't. And Mr. Screamed at the end, like, to cut her off. And I was like, like... <laughs> Dude, me too. Like, that's how what I felt like doing. And also, by the way, like she, like she was putting this voice on that was just so fucking annoying. Like, yeah, oh my it's god, it's not her natural and, voice. No, she was putting it on and making it worse. Like, let alone the shit she was saying. Because let me say, like, the other note I have about this promo, by the way, um, is that they're calling like the experience are like supposed to be like veterans and they're like soccer moms and you know, and now Daphne's calling them like dinosaurs and shit. And it's a whole thing. Let me just tell you for context in at this point in time, Lexi Fife and Malia Saka are 38 years old. They are both younger than the current, like, I mean, I don't know when this is being released, probably after WrestleMania, but the current, as we record this raw champion Oscar, and younger than one of the current tag team champions, Shayna Baszler, let alone Nat- Natalia, let alone Tamina, let alone anyone else on the current, you know, women's roster. And they're like, and they're treating Lexi and, and Malia that, like they're WrestleMania, the, one of the title match, one of the main events is fucking Edge versus Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. Like, how old's Edge? Yeah, I mean, exactly. But, I mean, we're even used to them bringing old guys back. Like, not so much old women, but, like, just, it's so funny that, like, you know, A, I guess how much the landscape has changed and particularly how older the WWE roster is these days, like, just in general. Um, But also, yeah, the fact that there were, I guess, and the Shimmer roster in general is probably so much younger that, like, these 38-year-old women were, like, you know, old soccer moms that are, like, dinosaurs. And, you know, it just it's really interesting when you stop and think about that. Like, they're, they're not as old as Asuka is right now. Yeah. You know, it, it just – it's crazy. But anyway, the, yeah, this fucking sucked. Let's move on. Okay. Next up, uh, we have cheerleader Melissa murdering Alexa Thatcher in 10 minutes and – 20 seconds um (laughs) so what do you have to say about this one oh my god i loved this (laughs) unbelievably this was amazing 
I just, I cannot tell you enough how much I loved it. Like, because first of all, Alexa Thatcher came out and her song is a banger. I love her theme song. And I was looking at her going, there's no way you are going to outkick your theme song today. <laughs> and I was wrong. I was wrong, Stephen, because this fucking ruled. Like, it just, like, when she, when Chilita Melissa came out in the beginning, like, she's still a baby face. Melissa. Well, yeah, she was leading a cheer with her pom-poms. Yeah, like, she was, you know, she was happy, she was a baby face, and I was like, oh, my God, that fact has probably, like, saved Alexa's life because this was basically just, like, you know, Melissa having a young girl match with Alexa instead of, like, actual murderous death. But then it turns out, you know, still murderous death. So, like, it, it just is, like, crazy. Like, Alexa tried a head scissors and Melissa, like, blocked it and turned it into a crab and then uh, had the foot on the head and then literally just, like, curb stomped the shit out of her. Yes. And I was like, okay. So, like, you know, after, like, two minutes of, like, nice, you know, babyface young girl wrestling, it was just, like, bam, curb stomp, bitch. And, like, Melissa obviously just decided at that point that Alexa needed to die because she immediately went for the kudo driver. <laughs> Which, like... You know, okay, because she's only hit it once so far in Shimmer. They keep talking about it constantly. Can't let Melissa hit the Kudo driver. Like, it's a death move. You know, it's it's the burning hammer of Shimmer. And she hit it once um, and killed someone. I think killed Daisy with it once. Don't quote me on that, but I think it was Daisy. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, so she just goes for the Kudo driver, and Alexa, like, escapes, and then... And, I mean, Alexa is hanging in there this whole time. Like, she keeps countering. She goes, for, you know, for roll-ups. She's getting out of the way. Like, she counters another attempt at the Kudo driver into, like, this standing bulldog. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Good. Like, they get into a strike battle, and Alexa is firing back, and then Melissa just kills her with chops. Oh, my God. Like, and then Alexa hits a German suplex. Like, massive, like, moment. Like, just... Bam, hits a German on her. Like, people are going nuts. And then she goes for another German, and then Melissa just counters, and then hits the fucking Kudo driver and kills her to death. And I just, like, I cannot explain how fucking mad this was. Like, it was such great shit. It reminds me so much of the um, Melissa versus, oh, what's Taylor Wilde's shoot name? Chantel Taylor. The Melissa versus Chantel Taylor match from... Very early on, I think it was maybe volume three. You know what this reminded me? It reminded me of mm-hmm. uh, Kong versus Nikki Rocks. Yeah, but like better because it was Alexa and not Nikki Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> she said it, Daniel, not me. Uh, as I'm a sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to clarify. I'm sorry. We we pick on Nikki now. I can't, I can't help it now. But, I don't know like, whose fault like, that is. Kong, it was me or Kong and Nikki rocks rules. Like I'm not even gonna lie. But like it actually, yeah. It just it was just Melissa as like the ace, like grumpy, you know, murderous bastard, like just facing this like upstart young girl, you know, who's suddenly hanging with her, and then it forces Melissa to just turn around and just try and murder her to death, which she does, and it just. It was amazing. Like, I love this so much. Give Melissa everything in the world. Like, and Alexa Thatcher got, like, a standing ovation, like, at the end of this match. Like, this literally made her in Shimmer overnight. And I don't even know how long she stays in Shimmer because I literally had never heard of her until she showed up. Um, So I can't imagine she had a super long career. But 
like this is amazing and I'm like completely sold on her now and this just ruled so I don't know what did you think about it <laughs> I need to um, breathe <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it, it was a lot it was exactly what you said it was like this dominant badass uh versus like uh Thatcher was a great underdog here um trying to stay into it um when they were exchanging forearms i was like i don't know thatcher probably not a good idea um and i i think maybe melissa should have murdered her a little bit more sorry my sink just went fucking insane um (laughs) that was not thunder that was my sink um so yeah and then um so I, i think that like that part I was like, I don't know. But the the German suplex by Thatcher, um, like you said, that was such a great huge spot. Uh and Thatcher was a perfect underhawk here. And then yeah, we get the Kudo driver, and it was so good. They did like so many instant replays of it afterwards, which is not a normal thing for Shimmer. Um, yeah, I think I think from memory, like the only time they ever show replays, like right after is Kong matches. It's Kong matches, right? I, I don't know if they did it for the first Kudo Driver. I do not remember, but they do it like for Kong because they're like, "Lol, watch Kong kill this bitch a bunch more times." <laughs> like, and now, and now we got it for that because it literally looked disgusting. Like, it was so good, and I absolutely love that they're developing the Kudo Driver as this like insane death move that you can never ever get hit with. Which, because I mean, they've been building it for ages. Like I said, she's only ever hit it once in Shimmer so far, but they talk about it during every Melissa match, like, watch out for the Kudo driver, like, just building it as this, like, the scariest death move possible, which I think is really cool. Yeah, no, completely. So, yeah, I, I loved all, everything about this. Yeah, and, um, and and you really think, you know, if Melissa can hit that um, on Sara Del Rey, she'd win the title, um, if that ever happens. So, we'll see. Um, but next up, we get a, a little bit of a recap from Volume 14 between Daphne and Lexi. That's when uh, Daphne's leg got hurt and Lexi hurt her more. Um, something along those lines, uh, which led to this match. Oh, oh no, it's when um, Mischief came out and saved her. And then Leo Hosaka came out and um, kind of really set up this tag match here tonight. And what did we get? We get the experience defeating Daphne and Mischief at 11-16. So this match, um, (laughs) yeah, I liked early on when the experience um, checked each other for weapons because they didn't want the referee to do it. Um, That was a good little pre-game thing. Uh, I I love the heels in Shimmer. They make me very happy. Yeah, and 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 to add on to that, it was cute that they did that as the heels, and then the ref still tried to turn around and check the baby faces, and they screamed at him again. Yeah. And then at some point, one of I don't know if it was Mischief or Daphne, but one of them, it was probably Daphne, let's be honest, who yelled, um, was just like, "When are you gonna learn like not to try and check them?" Because <laughs> this keeps happening. So yeah, I thought the yeah the before match stuff was cute. Yeah. And uh, one thing we forgot about the promo, because it was so awful, um, is that Daphne has given them, her and Mischief, the team name of the Scream Queens. Oh. Um, Fun. Which I didn't know. So, yeah, like you said, another tag team is definitely being established. Um, did you ever watch the show Scream Queens? I think I watched the first couple episodes or so. 
It's like so random, but I really love that show. That's the one with anyway. um, Emma Roberts, right? With Emma Roberts, yeah, yeah. I like Emma Roberts. Very... I think that's why I watched it. But fun, yeah. It was just a fun show, I think. But anyway, um, I'm trying to avoid talking about this match because. Okay. Yeah. I... So what we get, we get, mm. um, we got Alice in Danger discussing Daphne's career with knee injury history and how. It's a hard, more hard-hitting world here in Shimmer, and can she possibly adapt? Which leads to the experience working over her knee, um, and Daphne being the face in peril. Uh, I don't have very many notes, but uh, barely, ma- Mischief is barely in this match at all, and the experience hit a double gourd buster um, and win. Yeah, um, yeah, there's not much to add. Because like you said, Mischief was barely in. Yeah. They got all the heat on Daphne working over her injured knee, which I guess is going to be, you know, what Daphne does in the ring going forward, all about this knee. Um, you know, even Malia Osaka, I noticed, like, was whiffing so bad on some of this stuff. And my other issue with it is that Mischief is a terrible hot tag. <laughs> she, like, honestly, like, and Mischief is really good as a wrestler and as a babyface. And I just... I kind of expect more out of her, but her hot tags so far are terrible. She just kind of like, she runs, like, doesn't even, there's no energy, there's no fire, there's no kind of like movement about it. Like, you need energy for a hot tag, but she just kind of walks in and just hits a couple of moves or like puts a hold on. Like, it's so weird that she can't hot tag properly. It's, you know, and then she looked even stupider at the end because she stood there arguing with the ref while the heels did the double team behind the rest back and then beat Daphne and she just stood there and watched her get pinned. Like it was a really dumb finish as well that just made the faces look bad and like mischief in particular. So I just, I really didn't like anything about this match. And so, yeah, I don't know. And like I said, mischief really isn't like pulling her weight, carrying the team either. So that's my other issue with it. So I just, I much prefer mischief Melissa as a team. Um, for sure. Um, but we'll, yeah. we'll see where the tag titles in the tag situation goes um, over the next couple volumes. Uh, next up, um, I'm not sure if this is an official um, number one contenders match or an unofficial yeah, they one. Said it, they said it was, yeah. Oh, okay. So the first ever historic number one contenders match in Shimmer history. Um, as we have Sarah Stock defeating Daisy Hayes in 1856. Um I'll let you talk about this first, but um, I was very happy with this contest. How about you? Oh, my God. Yes. I also was very happy about this contest. Like, just, just, yes, get all the way in. Like, it just, I love this so much. Um, Just from the opening bell, every single second. Like, I don't, I don't have a lot of notes on this match. I don't have a lot of specific things to talk about, except... Some things I will. Um, but just everything about it was so good. It was such good shit. They just start out and just immediately start wrestling out of their skins, doing all these roll-ups, doing all these counters, all this, like, lucha, you know, going in and out of hold stuff and countering and roll-ups and all this shit. And I just – I was just in all caps going, motherfucking wrestling. Yeah, like, and it's so good. And Sarah Stock is playing this very subtle heel throughout it yeah. too and it builds up throughout the match too 
But yeah, yeah it's at amazing. the start, they're both so fucking smooth. But it doesn't it's... look like Jerry Lynn, Rob Van Dam choreographed smooth. It looks like these two are, you know, battling for shit smooth, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's, it's like it's Lucha title match smooth, if that yeah. makes sense. Like it's, yeah, it's such, such good work. And I literally wrote down, my note is holy fucking shit sequence. <laughs> because there was a sequence of moves in this that I think it that ended in like the big kip up standoff moment with the you know the, the crowd cheered and everything and it was just holy fucking shit it was so fast so smooth so well done but so competitive and it's just such good fucking wrestling i cannot i can't even explain it um yeah and it just and like you said like sarah sort of devolves as the match goes on because like they're so even steven in the beginning all this work daisy's hanging with her Daisy keeps countering everything, going for these roll-ups and countering everything Sarah's trying to do through all these sequences to the point where Sarah Stock has to, like, powder out of the ring. Yeah. And it's like it's, it's at that moment that you're just like, oh, wow, she really is frustrated because she can't get one up on Daisy. Daisy just keeps countering her at every turn. And, like, Daisy's hanging with her. And then that's the point where, like, Sarah just takes a break, takes her time, and, like, sort of starts going a bit ruder, you know, and then takes over. And I just, and I like, I, I like Sarah on offense because she's so good, like, hits all these power moves. She did, like, a torture rack, you know, yeah. all this sort of stuff. And Daisy is just so great as a baby face. Like, it's, it's so innate because it's the timing, you know, and it's something that some people have. You know, like Christian, when Christian started working baby face, he just had, he just had the most perfect timing. And knowing what to do when, like, it's just, you can't even explain it. But Daisy, she's being beaten on. It's kind of like a heat segment with Sarah Stock, you know, getting a little bit of control on her. But Daisy, at every turn, is, like, peppering in these little hope spots, peppering in these little roll-ups that she gets out of stuff to just stay in it. Uh, and Stacey, it's just, yeah. Can you hear my dog trying to dig a hole? It's very loud and annoying. You know, you know I can yeah, let's take another little break. We'll be right back. <laughs> oh, good. And we're back. Um, so we're in the middle of uh, Sarah Stock. Um, you know, she just had a torture rack. She's, she's being a little subtle heel uh, on Daisy here. Um, and I, I, I think a spot that came up right after that I want to talk about before you can uh, continue going on. Um, Sarah Stock is just hitting these just like little very subtle things like these very like um, strikes to the back and, and she just keeps on focusing on the back but like not in a I don't know. Wrestlers don't work the back enough um, and, and, and she did really good back work here I thought. Yeah, no, definitely. It was, yeah, it was more subtle than we're kind of used to. Like, it's not like, you know, when you work a leg and, like, everything is about working the leg. You know what I mean? Like, she was just hitting these power moves where, obviously, Daisy has to bump on her back. She does the torture rack. She, like you said, she strikes the back. It was just that's what she was focused on, but not in a really over-the-top way to the point where you then, like, 
nullify Daisy, like I said, Daisy getting these hope spots in and getting these roll-ups in where she can, where she can find an opening. Um, yeah, so Daisy, like, yeah, keeps getting these little counters in, hanging in there, and then slowly, gradually, like, starts making this comeback. And then she hits these clotheslines, like a couple of clotheslines in a row, and it just kind of drops into this really exhausted cover because that's all she could do after her back had been worked on for all this time. She gets a few moves in and just like, oh, I need to drop into this cover. Like, it's all she yeah. could do. And I just absolutely loved it. There's so many little things in this that you just you see and you're like, oh, my God. Like, you can't even explain it now talking on this show. But it, every moment was just so good. It was exactly right. And then, yeah, Daisy mounts her comeback. She hits the heart punch and the Yakuza kick, mm-hmm. which sends Sarah to the floor. So then oh, Daisy does yeah. the big... What a disappointing moment be- for yeah. like, Daisy there. Like she, It was one of those, like, oh, she hit the combo, but they rolled outside, yeah. you know. <laughs> and then Daisy hit the big dive off the top to the floor that she does, which is cool. I think she also, like, fucking headbutted the guardrail or something. Like, it didn't look like a good landing for her. No. Um, and then speaking of which, so you go back in the ring, and then soon after, Sarah literally murders Daisy by uh, – it was – it was kind of like a wheelbarrow or something. Yeah, like, I wrote wheelbarrow. Wheelbarrow her face into the turnbuckle. It was but brutal. But, like, Daisy eats this. Like, absolutely murdered her with this thing. Hayes eats it is what I wrote, too. So, oh, yeah, yeah. It was it was, it was was dasty. I wrote murder. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, and then we get sort of into the finish. They're going back and forth. Daisy actually hits, gets her down on the ground and puts this kind of, like, figure eight kind of thing on. Like, she's yeah. got a leg lock on and she's bridging up, but it's not the same angle as the figure four. Like, it's so kind of like a figure eight-ish thing. Um, yeah, and they just keep going for moves, Daisy particularly. And I like how through the story of the match, um, in the beginning it was Sarah going for her stuff, like her lucha moves, her this and that, and then Daisy was the one countering out of it and trying to find roll-ups and counters out of it. And then as the match goes on to the finish, Daisy's been worked down, but she's mounting this comeback. Daisy's trying to hit her moves, her finishing moves, the heart punch, the mind trip, the, all this sort of stuff. And Sarah is now the one countering them because she's trying not to get hit with, you know, these big finishes. And then in the end, um, Daisy goes for the mind trip, and then Sarah Stock counters into this roll-up, the big lucha roll-up with the, the flourish and the sit-down on the legs, um, which I loved, and, yeah, and wins with, with this roll-up. And I think – and the other thing about it that's so cool is that all match, even, like, right from the opening bell, they're trying to roll each other up. They're trying to pin each other. They're on the, in all these different pinning combinations as they're, like, going in and out of these moves the whole time. The whole time Daisy's – you know, being worked over, she's trying to get roll-ups on, trying to get pins. And then, and it's like, it makes it worth it at the end when you get to the finish and then it's actually a roll-up that wins the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like, that's what they were going for. Like it, it's, it gives it a purpose, you know what I mean? Which I also thought was really neat. So I just, a million things to love about this match. Uh, I just, I loved all of it so much. Just the rhythm of it, the speed of it, the work they were doing. And yeah, like I said, all these little things that you just, you see and you can appreciate. Yeah. And there was a lot of really subtle stuff in this story. Like they never really veered from it. There wasn't, too much pointlessness like everything was very on point um very to character 
um, especially in the end where Hayes is just trying to get a fucking win, uh, and Stock was trying to get a win, but was willing to be more aggressive about it. Um, and then she just kind of, you know, outsmarted her with the Lucha, uh, which was great. Um, and I also thought a fascinating thing, uh, Sarah Stock, like, there's a lot of heels in this company, uh, and they're very, a lot of them are over the top. And Stock was kind of playing a subtle heel here, but I found it fascinating as she was leaving. Um, she was basically yelling at the fans that were against her, but like embracing the fans that were cheering for her, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, which was cool. And I mean, and that was the thing. The crowd was actually like some of them were cheering for Sarah Stock and then some of them were cheering for, for Daisy. I couldn't say the exact split, but the reason I mention this is that this is the one match, actually, I think this is the last match. Um, I watched it with my fiance in the room and the only comment I got on any of this was when they did the introductions. And I think the crowd, because like I said, like half the crowd was going for Sarah. So then Daisy Hayes got announced and some of them cheered for Daisy and some of them booed because they were like Sarah supporters. Um, well, that's apparently what, my fiance heard because she's did they just boo that girl that got announced that is so rude <laughs> has she ever is, watched wrestling before yes okay. yes she has okay she literally flew interstate to watch the the melbourne wwe pay-per-view okay um yeah so she actually does know wrestling but like that was the comment i got from it and i'm like why are they booing her that's so mean so <laughs> she's obviously you know a daisy hayes fan but yeah so i thought it was interesting the crowd was divided too even though yeah like sarah ended up playing sort of a subtle brudo kind of thing but i think and that's the great thing about sarah it's because like she can be anything they want her to be she can be like a flat out baby face. She could just be like sort of neutral, competitive wrestler. She could be, you know, a little bit of a Rudo because she's facing like a big baby face in Daisy. She can probably turn Rudo in an like turn heel in an instant and be a great heel. Like just anything. So which is the great thing about her. And I just I'm so excited that she's on the roster. She brings such an element that wasn't there before. Um, yeah. Which is really great. And her and Daisy, their chemistry is off the charts. Um we need to see more of them against each other for sure. Yes, for sure. Yeah. They've had two amazing matches already. So, uh, so next up, Sarah stop cuts a little bit of a promo. She's the number one contender and she doesn't care who she'll face. She is the best and she will be the champion. Um, pretty much, uh, a paint by the numbers, uh, promo there. Yeah, it's like 15 seconds. It was just, yeah, what you'd expect. Yeah, exactly. So finally, uh, we're up to the main event now, which uh, Sarah Del Rey um, defending her title against Amazing Kong um, and winning by TKO, the the Rocky II finish at 1631. Um, One thing I noticed at the start of this, which I didn't, which I, it kind of dawned on me later on, like, thinking back there was a lot of like cut out versions of heel signs in the crowd um throughout yeah. the show what the hell is going on here yeah obviously something is being like mass produced or some person has just taken it upon themselves i don't know what's going on someone someone who's been to old shimmer shows or you know 
Prezak, uh, help us out. <laughs> Maybe Prezak's <laughs> drawing in them in the back by himself and Maybe. handing them out to people. But yeah, so they've been there all de- all show. The one of the I think one of the signs that uh, the home wrecking crew stole was one of the, was the yes. cutouts. Um, yeah. But yeah, they've been here all day, and and we get a payoff as Sarah Del Rey punches the shit out of one of them, of Kong's one. So that was yes. nice. <laughs> it was just yeah, randomest thing. But there you go. Del Rey loves uh, interacting with the with the crowd and and anything in the crowd. So that's that was nice. Yeah. I still Kong's music still flips me out. <laughs> Because, like, this bop starts, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, that's right, Kong is coming out. It's just so weird. But, you know, shimmer music, you got to love it. We do, yes. But, yeah. Uh, How do you feel? Go. I will let you take this match. Okay. Did you have a um, question first? No, no, this is this is me saying go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, we start off, Sarah Del Rey fucking lays down the title like it's a line for Kong to pass. And then is a fucking house of fire and is she's out to, to throw to throw throw hands uh, with Kong here early on. Um, and, you know, she's she's a house of fire. She's throwing chop, chop, chop. And Kong just kind of looks at her like, fuck you. And then comes out and nails like the biggest lariat and then a huge splash. Um, so that was like a really great opening. Uh, that was everything I wanted there. Um uh, but Sarah, I mean, she she's able to work the arm. Um, she she, uh, she tries to do a bunch of stuff, but Kong just kind of overpowers her. Uh, and we get, we go to the outside, and Kong brutally throws her into the the ring post here. Um, and then we kind of get a reset as they get back in the ring, and. It clearly looks like Sarah Del Rey decides to come up with a new game plan at this point, because <laughs> just throwing with Kong does not work, and um, so she kind of paces around, and she she has a lot more effective uh, strategy there. Um, and then weirdly, we get a, a test of strength, um, like it's Warrior Hogan, um, where with Sarah Del Rey, you know, starting off strong, but Kong, you know, obviously winning that. Um, and, and Sarah Del Rey here is just so good, uh, just doing all the little things. Her selling is so small selling. Like, it, it's so, so, it's like you've really like Finley or Regal. Sarah Del Rey is that kind of level. It's, it's so good. Um, Kong hits a huge power bomb, but Sarah Del Rey is able to kick out. Um, Sarah Del Rey comes back with her awesome kicks, but Kong just slaps her <laughs> in another huge moment. Um, Sarah Del Rey is able to get back on top. She hits a fucking uh, moonsault. Um, and then Kong hits, which I wrote as a huge super pedigree for two. And I have a lot of explanation marks. That was fucking crazy. Uh, we get some back fists by Kong. Uh, and then Sarah Ray hits this huge freaking German, but both are just knocked out. And then, like, I had something I thought I would never see in my life. Sarah Ray hooks on the submission Royal Butterfly and fucking does the suplex. And I don't know how she did that. It was insane. What a what an insane moment. Uh, of course, she can't get the, the victory there, but Kong hits a back fist. Sarah 
um, Sarah goes for the pin, and then they're they're both kind of knocked out. And as they're Sarah Del Rey barely gets to her feet, Kong kind of falls down. Um, so Sarah Del Rey retains by TKO. Kong wasn't actually pinned or submitted. She just she was down for ten, um, or couldn't get up to her feet after ten. So um, I was a little disappointed by this because like how great Sarah Stock Daisy Hayes was, uh, but. This was a really good main event and quite the battle between these two. What did you think? Yeah, I actually, yeah, I thought it was going to be controversial here because, like, I liked this, but I didn't love it. Yes, yes. Um, and I believe, like, for me, it's because it was worked way too evenly. Um, I feel like for 90% of this match... Sarah Dorey could have been wrestling somebody her exact size. Like, she could have been wrestling anyone, um, except for, like, the few moments where Kong would actually, like, you know, no-sell her, you know, no-sell the chops or, like, you know, whatever else it was. Like, I just felt that it was worked way too evenly. It was back and forth the whole time. Like, Kong didn't even get any heat on her at any point. It was literally just back and forth, even Steven. And I just, like, and I I get it, but that's not really what I want out of a amazing Kong match. You know, which is my issue. And, like, I get this issue with some some other wrestlers as well. Like, I, I feel like this when I watch Vader a lot of the time, for an example, and some other wrestlers who look like they look, and so I expect them to work a lot bigger than they do. And I mean, and it's because they're so athletic and so good at wrestling that they can actually wrestle more evenly and take all these bumps and then turn around and still, you know, look like a monster and all this sort of stuff. And like, and I get the rationale, but like, it's this in particular wasn't really what I look for in a Kong match. Like, and I just, and it felt like Sarah was working way too evenly with her and not really accounting for the size difference. And it just, and like, I get that it's Del Rey and she's the ace and and the champion and everything. And like, if anyone should do it, it's her, you know, on the roster. But again, it's just like, and I, and I also like, I understand, you know, realistically why they have to work like this, because I mean, it's, you know, it's indie wrestling. It's, it's work rate central and they're trying to sell DVDs based on match quality. And you can't just have Kong, you know, squashing someone in, in a main event, you know, like it's, it's the title match main event. Like, and I get that that's what this is, but yeah. So like, I, like I liked this and I liked, you know, a lot of things in it, like on a micro level. Cause like you said, Dore selling is always amazing. And I loved it. I loved the moment where Kong just, gets chopped and just no sells it and then just fucks her up. Like I liked, I liked Doray trying to work the arm for a second, like really early because danger explained that like, Oh, she's trying to work the arm because then she can take away the spinning back fist as a finish. Like, you know, like again, danger coming through with the, with the color commentary that I liked. Um, yeah, and I absolutely what you called the the, the pedigree. <laughs> um, it's actually like I think it was supposed to be like the implant buster. I don't know what Kong calls it outside of TNA, but that's what it was in TNA, the implant buster. Okay. Um, which was more of a you know a, a kneeling angel's wings, like it's it's more of a flat bump rather than the the pedigree, if that makes sense. Even though okay. it's very 
the way that she hit it was very similar. And like, she literally, she didn't bump flat with it. She spiked on her head with it and it looked disgusting. Like she yeah, really looked bad. destroyed her with it. It was such, and I think, and I think from there, like from there through the, the finish, it really, it was super cool and super exciting because like you said, so much cool shit happened from there, particularly like, cause Del Rey starts like, showing fighting spirit and no selling the clothesline. She no sells the back fist, which I was like, holy fuck. And then no sells another one. Like she drops to her knee, but she's like, no, fuck it. I'm, I'm fighting spiriting this shit. Like, and, and then hits the fucking German, which was sick. And then, and like you said, Del Rey picks her up for the butterfly, like full on off the ground for the butterfly and hits the slam out of it. Like hits the suplex, which was in fucking sane. Like before the match started, Cannot... what did you think the finish was going to be for this? Cause I was like, there's no way they can do the Royal butterfly. Well, I did like, I, I didn't even think that far ahead, but I know before the match I was thinking, because I mean, Kong is undefeated or was undefeated going into this. Doray is practically undefeated because she's only lost once and she's, she's the champion. Yeah, and it's just – and you can't really – I wasn't really expecting Kong to win the title. So I was just wondering, like, how the hell are they going to get out of this? Because how do you beat Kong? You know what I mean? Like, and, and yeah, so I mean – but I don't – yeah, I don't think I ever expected her to just pick her up and nail it. Like, I expected, like, an attempt. You know, I expected failure. And when you say so pick I, her up and nailed it, she didn't, like, use any part of Kong's momentum. She was holding her in a submission and just flipped her up and suplexed her while yeah, she was in the like, air. Yeah, like, it's like the Cesaro like like deadlift gut wrench thing. Like she yeah. literally has no momentum. Like nobody's jumping off. She's already holding all her body weight and then flips her over. Like it was in fucking sane. And it was worth everything on this show and it was worth, you know, ten dollars a month. American or whatever streaming shimmer is um, to see this because it was just miraculous. Um, I really couldn't believe it. But yeah, I don't think in my wildest dreams I expected her to hit it, but she hit it. And then, yeah, and then we get the count out with the ref um, counting and Kong not um, getting to her feet, which I mean, when it happened, I was like, oh, that's how they get out of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, I think. I think we've again been destroyed by uh, WWE and all the rest of it booking because I think in the grand scheme of things, getting out of it by having what is basically a clean finish, but just a different finish by having her not answer a 10 count, like is still better than what you'd expect from anyone else. Like there was no DQ, no cheap shot, no third party, no count out like on the floor, like nothing ridiculous. It Sarah was Stock really... didn't come out to like set up to yeah. the next match, you know? Because, like, yeah, if this was on Raw, you'd expect the worst. But this, yeah, you still had a winner and a loser. And Kong, you know, was beaten and didn't win the title. But she still wasn't pinned, you know. So, like, you can still keep going forward and saying no one's been able to pin Kong. Because that, you know, if that ever happens, that's a huge, you know, thing. And they didn't blow it away here, which I think is nice. Um, so, yeah, I think it was interesting, the finish, that, that that's what they did. Um I I had never seen any of the Rockies, so I did not know that this was the Rocky 2 finish. So thank you for explaining that for me. <laughs> you need to watch the Rockies. 
apparently. Like, the first one's amazing as, like, a great movie. Like, legit. Um, and the second one's really good. And then the third one introduces Mr. T. And then the fourth one is insanity. It's got, like, 40 minutes of montages. And it's got Russians shooting up steroids. And Rocky ending the Cold War single-handedly. Um, so, yes. It, and then the new the newer ones are really great, too. But, yeah, you need to watch the Rocky movies. <laughs> I will do that. I feel like pro wrestling will make so much more sense when I actually do. So <laughs> <laughs> That's probably fair. Um, but, yeah, a little bit of a disappointing match. But um, I, I wish it was more of a sprint. I think that would have been... Yeah, and I think it sort of it boxed them into a corner because they've established so much that like main events are always big epic long That's matches. That's the thing, right? Title matches are big epic long matches, even more so, you know. So it's just they felt like they had to go twenty minutes or whatever it was with, you know, with this match. But I don't think it needed to. And like I said, I think it just it made them because of like obviously the circumstances, all of them, they they felt the need to work it this way where it was just like a standard in the main event work rate match. And like I said, like that, it has its, you know, advantages. And like I said, the finishing stretch was amazing, just amazing. But like as a match in the, on the whole, yeah, it was disappointing because like, it's not really what you want out of amazing Kong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. And then uh, we end the show with Kong basically saying that um, she underestimated her, and she'll come back and she'll she'll get the title. Um, so she's yeah. she's not going away. So we have Stock tomorrow night. We have Kong wanting another match. Um, we have Mercedes returning at some point. We have Melissa destroying people on the undercard. Um, this, uh, oh. We have Daisy Hayes who hasn't got a title shot. Um, there's quite a lot we can do here um, going forward. So it, yeah. this title how, is exciting. Yeah, how stacked is the top of the card right now? <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, we brought and, Mischief, too. Yeah, and Mischief, and like and Lacey, even though she might be moving into more of a tag role. Like, yeah, I, it's it's very good, and they have a lot of, like you said, a lot of directions they can go in. And, um, and yeah, and the other thing about the finish is that it does open up for a rematch for Kong because, you know, Delray didn't pin her or submit her, so it's like she has to force Delray to beat her, like, definitively. I love you know, that so in wrestling, having someone not be able to get up t- for 10 is less impressive than putting their shoulders to the mat for three. That's wrestling logic for you. <laughs> it really is. What are we all doing here? <laughs> uh, I know, eh? Um, <laughs> but what's your, what's your overall thoughts here about uh, uh, Shimmer Volume 15? Well, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I think it's – we're sort of slowly moving into a – I mean, not to make it too definitive, but like sort of moving into the next era – it was like a rebuild, have, I felt like. Yeah, now that we have the title, I'm having title matches, now that they're starting to build up the tag team division, you can see, like, there were three tag team matches in this show. Um, you know, and we have lots of new debuts on this show. We have Jetta, we have Nicole Matthews coming in, we have Madison Rain, um, you know, and, and now we have Sarah Stock, you know, established at the top of the card as well as a new a new person. So just, yeah, things are really developing and it is, like you said, yeah, like a rebuilding for, like, the next level now that they're done with the sort of the establishing era of Shimmer, which I think kind of ended with the with the title. 
being born. And now we're, yeah, we're well into the next era. So we'll see where it takes us. So what was your, your favorite match on the show? Was it Daisy versus Sarah oh, yeah. Well, that match yeah. is one of the better matches we've seen. Like that match was insanely great. I, I Honestly. Loved it. Yeah. And I like, I love their first match because they had their first match. Um, was it on the last volume or the one before that? I can't remember. I think it was on 13. Um, on the one after the title. I should have written that down, but I don't remember. I'd have to go back and check, but it was only the, yeah, 13 or 14. And yeah, it ruled. Um, their first match ruled. I really loved it. And I think this was even better just for how like cerebral and smooth and everything the work is. So yeah, that is a great matchup. Um, and I also like, honestly, I really love cheerleader Melissa and Alexa Thatcher. I think that was really notable in a sense that it was a, it was a great sprint, you know, like a great match in itself and also just made her in an instant and it was just an amazing performance from Melissa. So yeah, I, yeah, I thought this show was pretty good. I don't think there was anything really not good except for the Daphne stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything, it's it shimmer. Everything at worst is really solid and like yeah. you don't regret watching it. Yeah, absolutely. I have I haven't regretted anything yet, so. <laughs> well, good. Then we can um, uh, keep you um, trick you into watching some more. Exactly. I'm on the hook. Nice. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. We really appreciate it. Go to streamshimmer.com so you can follow along um, at home and watch along with us. Um, it's really like it's some of the more enjoyable wrestling you watch it's some of the most easy to watch and it's so well done and as you can see me and stacy both love it so join in on the love um streamshimmer.com i'll do like a real sell there uh (laughs) so thanks everyone for joining us and we'll be back again uh in the future